There's a war on for the soul of America, an ideological, political, and spiritual war. Will America abandon her place as a last beacon of hope in an ever-darkening world? Or will she rise again and lead the world into a new era of freedom and prosperity? I am your host, Phil Hotzenpeller, and this is American Faith Battleground. things that I love to do is read the Bible and then read what's happening in the world and say, do I find any connections? Are there any parallels here that give me any indication about this? Well, there is a major section of Scripture in Ezekiel 38 and 39 where Russia is actually mentioned in its ancient name, and it talks about its aggression in the latter days. So I'm going to go ahead and turn you to Ezekiel 38, beginning in verse 1. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Gog. Now, by the way, this is a title of a person, like a president, a czar, a prime minister, of the land of Magog, and that's Russia. That's actually, they're actually called the Meganites. They're also known as the Scythians, and that was a Indo-European group that was in the south of Russia. The prince of Rosh, that's Russia, Meshach, that's Moscow, and Tubal is a river. It's also one of the descendants of Noah. And prophesy against him, saying, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Now what's interesting there is God gives his position, because remember, God knows the, you know, the end from the very beginning. He, he sees all things. When we talk about God, we say that God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. He's also omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. So when God says, I know, he says, I know the heart of Gog or Russia from the very beginning. I know the rise of Lenin and Stalin I know what would happen, and I know that, that that state that tried to crush Christianity and control the world, I know what they're all about. Now, that doesn't mean that every Russian is a bad person. Sometimes we want to put everybody in the boat and just kind of sail them off down the river. But remember that there are a lot of God-fearing, kind, loving Russians in the world. Amen. And so what happens is when bad leadership comes in, then the masses are controlled by the bad leadership. That's why it's so important in America for us to have good leadership. They don't have to be perfect. They don't even have to be people that can write nice tweets. They just have to be people who understand leadership and understand in our world we live in a very precarious situation on a daily basis because we're so complex and because it's a global society. But now look what God says he's going to do to Russia. He says, I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws, and I will lead you out with all your army horses and horsemen, all clothed splendidly, and a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. So what does God say here? God says, I have an end-time scenario what I'm going to do, it's going to be like putting a hook in your jaw and dragging you into a conflict. 
Now, why would God do that? And I'm not saying that Ukraine is that conflict. What I am saying is that God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. So God has a purpose and God has a reason. I love that passage in um, the story of, of, of the Exodus where the Israelites are leaving Egypt and Pharaoh is there and God makes this comment. He says, I have raised up Pharaoh for this very purpose for my glory. See, Pharaoh thought it was all about him. God said, no, I let you rise to where you are that I might humiliate you at the Red Sea. It's the same way. Why doesn't God just wipe out Satan right now? Because there's coming a day, and it may not be too far off, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in that day, not only will Satan be there bowing his knees, but every demon spirit and every despotic ruler of the past will be there bowing the knee, confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? So let's read on. When you read on to this scripture, it, then it begins to name countries. It talks about Persia, Ethiopia, which is Sudan, and Libya. Now, Persia is the ancient name for Iran, and that name was changed at the request or the suggestion of a German ambassador in 1933. And the word Iran literally means Aryan. And so that's why the best-selling book, usually in top three, uh, in Iran is Mein Kemp by Adolf Hitler because their Iranians by leadership level are anti-Semitic. So you learn a lot when you kind of understand history, you understand language. And so you've got Persia, you've got Ethiopia. This is not the Ethiopia of Africa. This is the Ethiopia of Sudan. It was a name that was commonly used. And then Libya, which is, of course, Libya today. With them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer. Now, Gomer is interesting. That's a that's not the guy on TV a few years ago. This is, uh, this is actually the ancient name for Germany. So Gomer um, and all its troops and the house of Tagarma. Tagarma is actually modern-day Turkey, which is uh, one of the uh, most dominated uh, Muslim countries in the world today. From the far north and all its troops, many peoples are with you. So let's just kind of go through those names one by one, and then we're going to take you to the next uh, section of scripture. Gog is a title of a person. Magog is Russia. Rosh is actually uh, Russia. Um, Meshach is Moscow. And Tubal is a river in Russia or a descendant of Noah. Persia is uh, modern-day Iran. By the way, I, I went through and Googled just to see what these countries' positions were on this Ukrainian, this invasion of Ukraine, of the Ukraine, and, and Iran was in favor of it, thought it was a wonderful idea. Uh, Sudan was in favor of it. Libya, no comment. Uh, Germany said we're stunned, which is basically worthless. And then Turkey said we're saddened, which is also worthless. And so on a world scale, if you look at the players in this scene, a lot of them are already lining up for this end-time scenario of Ezekiel 38 and 39. See, what happens is we misunderstand the nature and the threat of evil. We see today um, judges and we see political leaders who seem to have no concept of lawlessness. And really bad people are being released from prison. And, and the common person who says, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why does the criminal have more rights than the victim? You see, that's because of lawlessness. Now, 
in the Bible, the Bible calls the man of lawlessness, who is the Antichrist, by that very title for a reason, because he will bring disorder in order to bring control. And this is typically what happens when you have what's called a color revolution. And you'll, if you want to look that up, you can do it more. But it's the idea that we go into a country and we create a revolution in order to change the political powers that be in order that, for example, if America's instigating through the CIA a color revolution, they're doing it because we don't like who's in power, so we're going to create a revolution. It's going to look like it's the people, but in reality it was the CIA. This is just how it works. I know, trust me, America's not always pure, all right? Neither are you, though. Amen? I look at your neighbor and say, you're not pure. All right, but I'm forgiven, amen? Okay. Ezekiel 38, verses 7 through 10. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be on guard for them. After many days, you will be visited in the latter days or latter years. Now, this is a, the, the term latter days or latter years is a technical term in Scripture. It doesn't just mean tomorrow. It actually is reserved for end-time kind of stuff. Jesus talked about in the last days. This is what's going to happen. So he's telling us not when, but he's telling us a period of time that's going to be close toward the end. You will come into the land, and the land he's talking about here happens to be Israel. So this scripture is particularly not about Ukraine, but it's about the nation of Israel. And Israel has always been the target, hasn't it? Throughout time, it has been the target. Why? And why is God so protective of Israel? Because it was through Israel that the Messiah would come. In fact, there's only one city in the Bible that God calls his city, and that's Jerusalem. Isn't that interesting? And he says it is, in the Hebrew, the navel of the world. You know what that means? That means it's the center of the world. That means everything revolves around it. If you've ever been to Israel, it's not a particularly pretty country. It's rocks and desert, but you know there's something different when you get there. You say, this, this just feels different. People told me that, and then when we got there, I thought, it really does. And it is, it is the most contended piece of real estate on planet Earth. Amen? There's a reason. God has a purpose. God has a reason. So in the latter days, it says, you will come back from the land. Now look at this. You will come back into the land of those who brought you back with sword and gathered you from many people uh, on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. Now, now look at what he's telling you here. He's saying to Ezekiel, 2,600 years ago, Israel is in uh, the diaspora. That means they're dispersed across the world. But I'm going to bring a time when I'm going to bring everybody back together. And if you look at the history of Israel, that seems crazy. How could that ever happen? In fact, think of that, that, that worst moment in time during World War II where Adolf Hitler destroyed, wiped out some six million Jews. Would you ever think in that moment that Israel would become a nation? As according to Isaiah 66, it would be born in a day. Would you ever imagine that they would grow to power and then in 1950 they would establish a law called the Law of Return and that gave the right for everybody with Jewish blood to come back and be a citizen of Israel? And he said, I will gather from the north. That's Russia. In 1972, what did Russia do? They expelled all the Jews. They said, get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. Little did they know that all their brilliant scientists were Jews. See, 
I just love the way God works. And, and, and Russia, who thinks they're just all that and a bag of chips, find himself basically a very former superpower who's still trying to box above their weight. Without the scientists, without the blessing of God, on their land, and then God would bring them out of Ethiopia. This is the Ethiopia of Africa. He said, I will bring my people, and there were four or five airlifts that came out of Ethiopia where God was bringing back these, these Ethiopian Jews. You say, how in the world did the Jews get down there? Some people think the Queen of Sheba who married Solomon and that Jewish bloodline was down there. In fact, when we were in Ethiopia, there speaking at the embassy, it was really interesting because they took us to the place where they said this is where the Ark of the Covenant is. And it's in underground, and they move it constantly, and there are the, those who watch it, those, those who are guarded with the secret, if it's really there, uh, they will give their life to protect it. You see, is it? The, I don't know. I know it was on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I saw it there. <laughs> now, how they got it to Ethiopia, I don't have a clue. But you see, the, the mystery of God is what makes this so exciting. Because ultimately, you know that God loves you. God's going to protect you. Even through tough times, you're going to somehow, you're somehow going to not lose your faith if you really know the Lord. And that he will work all things out to the good, not to everybody, but to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's just a promise from Romans chapter 8. So look what else it says here. He says, I'm going to bring you back. You're going to dwell safely. You will, uh, now look at this, you will ascend coming like a storm. So here comes, here comes Gog and Magog and all your troops and many peoples, thus says the Lord God, on that day it will come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. So what's behind this, this attack is an evil plan. Where does the evil plan come from? Well, from the evil one. I want to thank you for listening to American Faith Battleground.